0: The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the International Broadcast Specialist, Marketeers.
1: Hello, welcome to the Provoke Podcast. I am Diana Marzalek. I am here with Provoke Media, and we have a guest today with Valerie De La Garza, who is the CEO of Fenton Communications.
0: Welcome. Oh, good morning, Diana. I couldn't be more excited to, to be with you this morning. We're
1: very happy to have you or getting you into our mix here. So it's it's good. And uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself just to start. Um, you bring a little bit of a different background than what we commonly see in our industry, especially at the CEO level. So please let us, you know, fill us in briefly on where you come from and we'll go from there.
0: Well, great. Well, I am a proud 30-year veteran of strategic communications, but you're right. I did, I have had a very interesting path that's... Um, Uh, I'd love to talk about. Not necessarily a straight line. Uh, Like many people, uh, I accidentally fell into public relations as a college student on the verge of graduating. There I was, uh, 21, 22 years old, trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with my life. I had um, uh, been a student, a journalist for four years. So of course, I thought that was the way. I was the editor-in-chief of the Daily Bruin And so, of course, there were all these expectations that I should, and for myself even, um, that I should be a print journalist. And then I started going on the interviews and thinking about it and wondering what my life would be like and thinking, am I a reporter? Is that for me? And I was really conflicted. And it was my journalism advisor at the Daily Bruin at the time that said, you should try something new, something that uh, is emerging, and that is uh, Latino public relations. And I thought, oh, my gosh, PR, public relations, that's not something I'm going to do. That's the other side. And I'm going to to interrupt you for one moment. We have not established the fact that you are, in fact, Latinx, right? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) I I am. You and Latina public relations made sense at that time. (laughs) It absolutely did. Uh, So I am, um, fun fact, I'm 11th generation American. Really? Uh, Yes. And what that means is that my family on my father's side traces uh, our lineage back 11 generations in Texas. And so we like to say is, so I would, I would say I'm a Tejana, although I didn't grow up in Texas. Um, uh, The border moved, we didn't move. Right. Interesting. So what date does that go back to Do you know? Like what? Yeah. The, the late 1700s. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, that's a whole other story of how I found out. That's our next podcast. That's our sequel. No, I was at a new business pitch and someone came up to me with the same last name. And said, I think we are related. And sure enough, we were. His uh, family had done a whole genealogical study. Uh, and there there, it there was. So that's another. But that's another. <laughs> but question. yeah, a lot of generations into it. You still grew up in a, a, a Latino neighborhood, right? And yes. you were the Absolutely. first. Absolutely. In your family so, to go to college, correct? So. Yes. You- Exactly. So the first to go to college and on my mother's side, um, uh, our our family is, uh, uh, you know, would be considered second generation uh, from Mexico. Okay. so truly Latina. So new new to uh, uh, public relations. But as a Latina, that was really interesting to hear about something that was specific to my community. Um, And in the 90s at this time, and it was in the early 90s. Um, there was a emergence in public relations around uh, ethnic um, community uh, public relations and communication, strategic communications that were serving the black, Latino, Asian American, Pacific Islander communities. Uh, and so I worked as an intern for one of the first companies called Coronado Communications in Los Angeles. And it opened my eyes to something new that I could do uh, as a communicator as something new that I could also do to serve my community and engage my community. So it was fascinating to me. So that's really where I began that journey. Uh, And so since then, over these 30 years, I worked for two uh, of these Latino public relations firms uh, where I learned so much about the diversity of my own community nationwide. Uh, And then I worked for a global firm, Manny Selvage & Lee, and then went on to work for a regional firm. And then I had my own consultancy for nine years. But what kept drawing me back uh, to what I felt was my core of my purpose was doing work that uh, impacted the community. That was really about social good. And so I, I went to a found, I went in house. I thought that's something new I should try. I went to the California Community Foundation for a few years to oversee marketing and communications and it's there that i met fenton that's where i was introduced to fenton i did not know about the firm and its incredible legacy it's been around we're in our 41st year and i i really felt like i missed my people and i know that the listeners of this podcast you know you're my people people who are interested in uh at on the agency level at least uh the diversity of of clients of the types of work that we do that we see uh the fast paced nature of things uh the, the the satisfaction of feeling like your strategy uh, connected uh, with audiences and moved a needle and so i i joined fenton and i uh i've been at the firm for 6 years i oversaw two of our offices on the west coast before i was asked to join Uh, as uh, the CEO to this uh, amazing firm. And I am proud to be the first Latina and the first woman to serve in this role uh, in the agency's history.
1: That's wonderful. And among the few in the industry beyond the agency, correct? I mean, thinking of Latina women in the CEO seat in agencies, are you among the few? Are you it? (laughs)
0: Yeah, I would say so what we know um, is uh, I, I would love to say that as as proud as I am, I wish that I did not, I wish I was not one of the only. Mm-hmm. Um, what we know is that um, from what we see in statistics is that the national average at communications firms of people of color um, in the C-suite is 7%. And I believe it's um, um, half of that as women of color and then we know that uh you know across the across the board of agencies i mean unfortunately i would love to say that in 30 years <laughs> from when i first started out things have changed and sadly um and and they have not uh we know that uh it, it's it's it it it's seen its ebb and flow but it's really at a at a moment that is really quite alarming at at fenton more than half of our staff are people of color and more than two thirds identify as women. Uh, And I am proud that more than half of our leaders at Fenton are people of color. So for us, it's not just about the numbers uh, across the agency and we're extremely proud of that, but also in the leadership. And I think that that's uh, really something that we've worked very hard at achieving. It's not something that, you know, comes overnight. It's something that you have intentionality around.
1: Is that something that that also stems from the fact that Fenton is a social impact firm and that, you know, the diversity and the diversity of the clients and so sort of um, social awareness is part and parcel of the agency and has been from the get-go? Um, or are you playing the same, not playing the same catch-up game, but doing the same catch-up that a lot of firms are having to do right now?
0: Sure. Well, I think that uh, the subjects that that you just touched on, the things that we do, social change, uh, racial equity, uh, social justice in general, uh, does attract, I think, perhaps uh, a more diverse base, a workforce. Having said that, uh, I think that, uh, and my story is, is, uh, I think, reflective of that, public relations, strategic communications is not necessarily a natural field uh, for uh, people of color to fall into and to know about. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I'll I sit around the Thanksgiving table, as many um, um, I'm sure of your listeners do, and people say, what do you do? Your family will say, what is that? I don't know. Oh, advertising. OK, I think I understand that. Um, so w- w- because it's not something natural, that's, that's not uh, necessarily widely known, as other professions, we do have to have intentionality. And <clears throat> I think what's been different for us at Fenton is it's one thing to have the value, it's another thing to have a plan and uh, that lives those values. So for us, where a lot of companies uh and and, and I think, you know, I, I understand why they have appointed and looked for a, a DEI officer or one person to be responsible for increasing um, the diverse uh, uh, talent pool. For us, we do not believe that uh, diversity and equity inclusion is the responsibility of one person. So rather than hiring a solitary person, we engaged um, our agency across the board. We created a task force uh, that includes staff uh, members at all levels uh, who freely share ideas and and uh, we each have a stake in the success of our collective efforts. We put together a blueprint that's not just about our values because that's you know th- that's one thing to say this is what we we value. and I think um, the industry values diversity. But how do we actualize that? How do we put that uh, into place? How do we keep ourselves honest and on track? How do we, uh, you know, think about practices, um that are going to be transformative to making sure that we uh, attract diverse candidates that we retain them uh, and that also we help move them up so that it's not and you, you see many times at firms is that uh you'll see a, a, a high concentration of people of color at perhaps a court the core staff level or in the middle, and that's, and for us, it's really about the entire agency, and, uh, you know, across the board. But
1: what are you doing that, I don't want to say that other agencies aren't doing, but sure. agencies are struggling, right? So why, what is it, how are you achieving that success that maybe some of our well-intentioned colleagues are not? <laughs> right.
0: Well, as I mentioned, we have a roadmap that, that keeps us on track but part of what we have done is, and this has been something that I'll, in the industry, there's been a lot of discussion around, and we are really open to encouraging candidates with non-traditional backgrounds. So for us, and, and of course, uh, and, and you you alluded to this earlier, uh, I think because we are in social change, uh, social justice, as uh, the, the types of clients uh, that we attract, um, we, we bring people who um, have um, activism or advocacy as a mindset. So maybe they come from a nonprofit. Maybe they uh, are journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that isn't unusual in, across um, the industry, but for us, uh, we see quite a few journalists. We have people who have um, legal backgrounds, people who uh, have come from government, Philanthropy. I myself, I mentioned that I work for the California Community Foundation on staff. Now, I would say we have quite a few folks who work for foundations uh, in the comms department. And so I think that that's uh, how casting that wider net has been um, quite uh, fruitful for us. Also, we've eliminated the requirement of a of a college degree on our job descriptions, so that we can be much more open to people of all backgrounds. We believe experience all experience um, is important, and so for us, that's those have been ways uh, that we feel have really um, uh, borne fruit. And and I think the other thing too is that. Um, we we feel that part of the recruitment, we've been very very diligent about lived in experiences. Um, lived in experience is so important. In the end, our clients are change makers. The communities that they serve are often um, marginalized, um, mm-hmm. often who um, are underrepresented. And I think we talk so much about that in our recruitment that that really connects with um, a much deeper wider more diverse candidate base
1: um something that you mentioned that is mentioned frequently is this topic of what well, you mentioned that public relations is not sort of the natural um or known <laughs> profession for a lot of communities of colors um, but you found PR right I mean somehow you found it and you succeeded so was that that the 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 luck of having somebody mention it to you I mean you did it so what what are we, what are we gonna do to get you know the students, the kids, the the young people right. into the field?
0: Right. Well, I think that I, I um, yeah, I was introduced to it and 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 I was introduced to it in a way that I was able to feel uh, that I was in a supportive, safe environment around people who look like me. And I have been at agencies, agencies that I love, where I have been the only. And it is a very lonely place where you feel that you are different in so many ways. And so I would, I always say diversity attracts diversity. And uh, I i, I um, am very humbled and I, I do not take for granted that I am an ambassador to for Fenton. Um, many of our uh, core staff have told me that... Um, I am the first person that they have connected with in the in their professional <clears throat> journey uh that has been a woman of color's been a latina uh, even amongst some of our more senior staff and so that helps back to sort of how I found it I found it but when I went to the first agency that I worked for, because there were people around me with that um you know similar background that actually was really engaging for me that was really empowering and i know that when we talk with our staff that's really something that's very powerful for them and they are ambassadors they actually we talk i talk about recruitment and we have an incredible um recruiter uh in, but we and laura gomez but we also we have to remember that our, our talent, our staff, they're our ambassadors. And so they're excited about the work that they are doing. They're excited about the environment that we have fostered. Uh, the, uh, w- you know, we have affinity groups, uh, for, uh, our Latino, Latinx, uh, Black, Asian, American, Pacific Islander, our LGBTQ and, uh, and women. And, and that, is it, we've heard so much about from our um, from our, our our talent about how that's so meaningful to them and so unusual. Now we do see that more and more at other companies, but it's really worked for us. It's it's really uh, because it's it's brought pride and it's brought empowerment, and it's helped uh, with that ambassadorship, if you will.
1: You mentioned you had an ambassadorship for Fenton, but you're to some degree. Maybe perhaps an unintended or unwanted ambassador in the industry. Correct? I mean, is that weighty? Is that
0: <laughs> something Whatever. you want? Or... I'll. I will tell you. I did not realize, um, that went until I really took the job. I recently was in a room with uh, about twelve other peers. They were all at the you know you name the firms, the uh, and um, they were all CEOs and I was the only. Mm -hmm. And that moment, I will tell you, had a lot of weight to it. Because it's one thing to see the numbers, and it's one thing to know intellectually. But I hadn't been the quote only Mm -hmm. in a long time. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And uh, because I've been the agency for a while, and I had my own consultancy. Anyway, and and then I, I was like, wow, so yes, it has, but I, I will say it's, it's weighty, but at the same time, I think it's important. And I do feel that I use my voice. I have had many firms call and talk to me and say, what is the secret sauce? You know, <laughs> what is it that you're doing that we are not doing? Because I don't, you know, certainly there's a great intention. There are lots of initiatives, um, and so we've talked about it, and 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 so I do feel a great responsibility more than I ever have before. I didn't realize that would happen, um, and and I think uh, it's it's a lot of it is about following through and not giving up and not being resigned to it and saying um, we can't quote find them, find us. We're here. We're here. We just are in places that you may not necessarily have looked. Um, and that is going to take intention. That's going to take investment. And but it's it's I, I'm here to prove to you that it's doable. Uh, to up until two years ago, we had fifty people. Now we have 110. And look at our diversity. Right, right. So so something. So it's it, what our plan, our our blueprint is indeed working. Interesting.
1: Um, interesting. You you so you started at like you said, um, Latino marketing firms. Um, so you were doing multicultural marketing or however we term it back 30 years ago. Um, And now that is, you know, again, agencies stressing multicultural marketing, bringing people on. How have you seen, what was it then? And what's it like now? I mean, how has that sort of specialty evolved or not evolved?
0: Sure. I think that uh, uh, what I have seen is then uh, it was, very nice to have. Isn't that wonderful? This is so great. This is a, a niche. And what I have seen is the demand and and rightfully so uh, a recognition from clients that it is, it has to be, it's not a nice to have. It has to be, and it has to be authentic. And that's where the diverse staff lived in experiences uh, really come through. So what I tell people is they, you know, my grandparents were domestic workers. They were janitors, seamstresses, farm workers. My grandfather worked in a junkyard. I'm the first person in my family to earn a college degree. I grew up in a place where your zip code greatly influenced your economic success. I know what it's like to face prejudice. This is the lived-in experience that I bring to my job every day, And that I'm able to reflect on when I'm helping a client figure out the right strategy to connect and engage with their audiences. And so I have found that today versus then, it was a nice, it was nice. That's what this is. You know, this is what these smaller firms do or our division, as an example. There were lots of divisions and now you're seeing... Um, I think a shift where it's we we've, we've got to figure it out, and it's not just multicultural, multilingual, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's not always it's you know it's not always easy to do. But I I do feel that um, I I appreciate uh, that that clients have a demand for the greater authenticity around it, which is great. And as you said, it is
1: complex. You're looking. I mean, this is a complex population, multilingual, multi ethnic. I mean, it's.
0: even there's diversity within the diversity I shared my own background many people have said to me oh well uh you know am I an immigrant (laughs) you know come from an immigrant background because that's that that's I think a lot of people it's their go-to and certainly the immigrant experience uh uh you know in the Latinx Latino community is 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 important and strong and rich and diverse but that's not every experience uh there are experiences that i have that are molt, you know i grew up in a, in a house uh you know in a in a family where i'd heard spanish and i heard english but as i mentioned we've been here for generations um there's been a retention uh, of of culture um and so connecting with me uh or you know uh, someone of my generation or my background is very different than connecting with someone who has who's just been here for a few years, um, or who is a, 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 you know, new, as I said, newly arrived or, you know, I mean, there's just so much richness within diversity. So it's quite complex. Sounds great.
1: <laughs> Sounds hard. And we haven't even touched your social impact work. Um, before we go, I do want to ask you, I mean, your numbers said have, um, doubled in terms of staff, I'm assuming that reflects uh, a growth in your your workload um, and clients. Is that, are you seeing um, the result of more companies wanting to get into the social impact work? Um, what are you seeing in that level?
0: Yeah, I think that, um, well, I, you know, the, the last, um, since 2020, <laughs> you know, or even beyond have been, um, in the progressive world, uh, you know, a time of great battle, of great complexity. And so, you know, we have clients across philanthropy, government, uh, nonprofits that are all fighting so many battles that are advocating for so many causes in the area of social justice. And uh, so for we have been blessed uh, with uh, clients that come back to us as partners who um, need, you know, like you, we talked about a complex world, and, and these are complex issues. And so, I would say that what we have seen is just an uptick in so many clients who have said, "You know what? We need to keep going. We need to do things differently." Uh, I, I, we have been around for a long time for forty years, but I think these last few years, in particular, the vaccine issues that we faced as it relates to voter suppression certainly um, what we've seen um, uh, you know the 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 battles fought um, in reproductive rights uh, is, you know I can go on and on with racial reckoning so many of these um, highly consequential what we're seeing what we continue to see in gun violence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I can go on and on, Clients need partners who understand these issues. Clients need partners who have a, 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 a talent base who understand these issues from their own perspective. And so, I think that we have borne that um, that fruit because of that, you know, complexity. And this is our specialty. This is what we do. We don't feel like we are of service to our clients, but we also feel that their mission, we take it on as our own, we are partners in that fight. It's not enough for us to say, that's wonderful, we helped you move the needle. What we get really excited about is when we have clients uh, like our gun violence prevention pack out of Illinois, where we're able to help them pass legislation that's that changes lives in, in the area of, of policy. Um, so, you know, in in the areas I can go on and on, um, you know, in, in so many areas. So I think that we continue to see success and traction. And so it's been very good for, uh, for that growth over these, uh, last two years in particular. And we say the, the, the more growth that we have, the more good we can do, uh, with our clients in changing, Uh, lives and creating a better and more just and equitable world. Sounds like a good mission. I appreciate all that work that you do and your personal success and uh, appreciate the time you spent talking to us. Thank you so much, Diana. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketers.